0: Now, for those of you who missed the event for one reason or another, please note that um, there'll be plenty of opportunities for you to uh, to be a part of a great uh, time that we have together we call Covenant Marriage, and uh, today we also have a special time for uh, married and singles to uh, rededicate ourselves uh, to each other and to the Lord on this uh, Valentine's weekend. So I just want to thank you, Victoria, and... uh, Walter, for your hospitality. Amen? I'm going to get right to the word. I see some folks still coming in, so we're going to get right to the word because we do have uh, much to do, and we are not finished worshiping. We're not finished worshiping. So uh, we're going to get right to the word. So uh, if you have a child between the ages of 2 and 10, please allow them to go to Children's Church. Uh, Also, uh, we want to ask you if you would please stand us for the reading of the word just to honor God's presence as we are going to just reflect and read his word. Uh, If you have a Bible, wonderful. If you don't have a Bible, you could use a device if you have a Bible on your device. Uh, And if you don't have either one of those, we do have the scriptures on the screen so that you can actually read along with us. I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. And I'm going to read... uh, Verses 13 to 15, and for some that may be a very familiar portion of scripture, because we've been spending a lot of time in Joshua, because this is the year by which we are called to do what? Overcome. Right? We are called, to, we, are, we are overcomers. You say that with me. We are, we are overcomers. We are overcomers. We are not going to be victims in life. We're going to be overcomers in life. We're, we're called to be victorious through Christ. And so, as we, we, we reflect on this passage together, I, I want to share some things with you. Reading from verse 13, it says Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? He said, neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. When Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, he asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. I I, want to share a word with you that it's a word that uh, prepares us for victory in the battles that we fight. And while we're reading uh, a, a, a narrative of a battle that's about to take place, there are some things that we need to know for the battles that we are in or even about to take place in our daily lives. How many of you have ever been in a battle? You've ever been in some type of Skirmish, or have you been in some type of difficulty with a struggle? Uh, this this word is 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 very important for you to hear today, because often it gets skipped and it's strange. But I want to share a word with you entitled "complete surrender." Complete surrender. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning and we give you praise because, God, you're so good to us. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts are open to hear. Thank you, Lord, that you are in the midst of us to speak a word to us, to our very situations, our hearts. And we pray, Lord, that as we hear your word, that we respond to you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to listen, to hear, to receive, and to act on your word. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone said, amen. 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 God bless you as you're seated. Thank you for standing. Complete surrender. One of the things, some of the things that we've been talking about over the past uh, several weeks as we begin the year, that being that this year is a year for the overcomer, we've been kind of delving into Joshua and the promise that God had given Joshua about the land that he was going to possess. And the preparation that was involved was that the Lord uh, began to deal with them, the children of Israel, to teach them what it really meant to possess their land and to prepare them for it. So we talked about consecration. We began our year in the time of consecration, right? We had 21 days of prayer and fasting before the Lord to consecrate ourselves, to begin to wash ourselves, as it were, to begin to change uh, our, ask God to change our image, as it were, and, and begin to deal with our hearts. Then we talked about circumcision and the circumcision of the heart, that God does not want us to be stiff-necked. He wants us to be individuals who he can easily lead. Yes. Yes. You want to make it for God to easily lead you. Yes. You, don't, you don't want him to actually have to yank the chain on you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I want God to actually lead me. That's, why, that's what the whole Psalm 23 is about, that he leads me in paths of righteousness, that it is important that you, that you note that um, God wants to lead you. Jesus wants to lead you. He doesn't want to fight with you. He wants to lead you. How many of you have ever made it hard for God to lead you? Okay, now I got some few honest folks in the building. Um, because really, all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. There are times when I have gone astray. But, but the Lord has been so good to me that he doesn't let me go astray. He's my good shepherd and the bishop of my soul. He doesn't want you to go astray. He doesn't want you to fall into the hands of the enemy. He doesn't want you to fall off a cliff because he loves us so much he brings us back into the fold. And so it's important to understand that we have to make it so easy for God to lead us. That is no stress, there's no struggle, there's no fight with him. Can you say amen to that? Amen. But when God begins to work in our hearts and he begins to lead us and guide us, there's there's a place where we have to get to if we're going to win the battles. There's no guarantee I'm gonna win a battle just because I'm a pastor because there are a lot of pastors that are losing battles. I see them all the time. Losing battles with their health, losing battles with their marriage, losing battles in their congregation. They're losing battles. I've watched over the years how my father pastored and my grandfather pastored. But I've been able to understand some things that the battles that we fight are really not our battles. They were also God's battles. I grew up in Sunday school. We learned some really good songs. Like Father Abraham had many sons. Anybody remember those songs? And one other song that we learned was that Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. You remember that song? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. I feel sorry for y'all don't know these kind of songs. But but I'm going to let you know. These are some really good songs. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Jericho Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down I think that's kind of a song I used to sing on the fields too (laughs) Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down why that's a great song it's a memorable song it's not altogether true theologically and the reason why it's not all the way true theologically because really Joshua didn't really fight any battles at Jericho He really didn't. It was God who fought the battle at Jericho. And because he fought the battle, the walls came tumbling down. Because, because quite frankly, Joshua is no match for Jericho. Joshua cannot win against Jericho. Joshua does not have the resources to have victory in Jericho. And there are some battles that we are going to engage in whereby you are not enough to win. Your smarts are not enough to win. Your education, your, your background, your, your ideas, your, your, your pedigree, whatever, whatever you have is not going to be enough to win. You're at a disadvantage from the beginning. And those times and seasons, we got to say, you know, Lord, um, I'm in a battle, and I already know I'm over my head. What do I do? Well, i got good news for you. God said he'll be with you. God said he will fight for you. And if you understand how surrender fits in, you're now prepared to win a battle that everyone who looks at it will say you will never win. How many of you know we can do all things what? Through Christ? Who strengthens us. That's a good place to say amen on that one. So let's talk about it. Surrender is a word that, when it comes to an army, the surrendering is really not an option unless there is absolute threat that they're going to be defeated. No one wants to go into the game losing already. Right? You don't, you don't want to go into the fight losing hope and losing strength by, by the oppo- just looking at the opposition. The objective is that you are entering the fight to win the fight. Did, do you hear what I'm saying? You know, if you're going to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. You've got to fight a good fight of faith. Paul said, "I fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I kept the faith." Uh, and, and I would say, let's determine now, today, that when battles are raging, that you are going to fight a good fight. You're going to fight a good fight. Tell your neighbor, it's time for you to fight a good fight. <laughs> Sound like you don't want to fight yourself. <laughs> Tell you tell your neighbor, fight a good fight. You gotta fight a good fight. You gotta fight a good fight. In all the fights that I've ever had, I I I can actually say I lost some of the fights, but I'd certainly put up a good fight. Right, brother Ron? At least if you're losing the fight, you might as well put up a good fight. Throw a brick, throw a bottle, do something. (laughs) Do something, throw a stick, get get you know, I live in a rough neighborhood. See you can't just go out like like just like just fall down for the first punch. And life will throw punches at you, and you cannot abdicate to the punch that's thrown at you, even if it hits you so hard, you just got to act like it didn't hurt you. (laughs) Just get back up and face the enemy and say, I'm back up again. I'm, I'm up again. The thing that Joshua is ready to take is Jericho, to lead the people into Jericho. But before that, God has to do some very important things, and that is to teach him a lesson on surrender. Surrender is a term that you heard before, but you probably heard it as it relates to people who are doing wrong. You know, people who grab, who steal, and they are being pursued by law. So in law enforcement... Is coming out after them. He says, "All right, I want you to come out and surrender yourself." But there's a part of surrender that actually is important for us to understand as believers that causes us to have victory in our lives. I think that many people don't have victory in their life because they never learned the power of surrender. They certainly know how to plead the blood. They certainly know what what it means to pray and intercede, but they don't know much about surrender. And if we know about it, we don't do it very much. Surrender is a term that you heard, and I want to talk to you about what does surrender look like and what does it mean. So here's what surrender means. Surrender means uh, to yield ownership. It means to yield your ownership to God. It means to relinquish control. Now, some, I lost you already, because we are control freaks. Do I got any control freaks in the crowd? Uh-huh. Some of y'all are control freaks. We control. We want to control everything. We want everything to work out for our own good, and we try to control it. We manipulate things. And we need to learn how to give up our control. We need to also consider giving up all we have and all we own. That's, that's surrender. That's surrender. When God tells us to surrender, he's telling us to surrender all. All. You know the song, All to Jesus I Surrender. I think we've all sung it at one time or, or another, but there, somewhere along the line, we may not have surrendered everything we got a little bit reserved for another day. So God has to keep telling us to surrender to surrender because he has some other things in our lives that he wants to take over. I know it's quiet this morning, but I'm going to keep preaching anyway. <laughs> because surrender is not an easy thing to do. It basically says, God, you're the owner of everything. It all belongs to you. And when you read, we read thir- uh, further on, in, in, in several, several weeks as I deal with Joshua, Jericho is not really about Joshua having Jericho. God said, when you take over Jericho... I want you to understand that everything in it belongs to me. Everything in it belongs to me. So what does surrender feel like? What does it look like? Because people say, yes, I am surrendered. I came to church and I went to the altar call. And definitely it all happened just like that. Surrender is an ongoing process. I know it is for me. Because there's something about my my natural tendency where once I get something, I'm like a little child. It's mine. It's mine. You're not going to take away. It's mine. It's my house. And the Lord says, it's whose house? <laughs> you you have to understand surrender. So what does it feel like? Well, here, Here's the story. Joshua is actually going to... Engage in Jericho, but before he does, he ends up having an encounter with God through a man. Theologians would say it's a theophany of Jesus, where he sees a man with a sword that steps in front of him. That's a very important statement because when you see that this man steps in front of him with a sword, there's a confrontation. Do you realize that God will confront you? Oh, I ain't getting no amens in the crowd. Have you ever been confronted by God himself? Where he confronts you about your sin, he confronts you about your areas of your life that you need to change. And and all the times we don't like to be confronted because we see confrontation as negative. But if he's going to win the battle, Joshua has to learn how to surrender to God. And sometimes we have to be confronted. It's kind of like an intervention. So the man comes in with a sword, and Joshua doesn't recognize that the man or the image is sent by God or Jesus himself in the theophany. He didn't recognize him. And he's asking a question, um, are, you, are you for me or are you against me? Because Joshua, all he knows is fighting, just like some of you. That's all you know is fighting. You've been fighting for everything. You've been fighting all your life. You've been fighting for grades. You've been fighting for position. You've been fighting to be understood. You've been, fight. You've been fighting all your life. Can, can I get a witness in the house? You've been fighting all your life. And, and sometimes you fight the people that's there to help you. This man is not there. To destroy them, he's there to help them. How, how many of you had ever seen someone, not maybe you, you've seen someone that they're fighting people that helped them? Tell your neighbor, stop fighting your help. Stop fighting your help. Stop fighting your help. Stop fighting your help. Fighting your help. You know, when I, when I get old, I, I got to be careful because I might try to stop fighting my help. You will get real quiet in here now. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to get help. And sometimes we don't want help because we can do it ourselves. Oh, no, I don't want nobody driving me. I can do it myself. But you, you, you can't see that good. <laughs> you can't see that well. You know, when you get to the light, your reflexes are a little slow. I remember remember my mother saying to my father all the time, she said, "Uh, Aiden, I'm going to drive. What? What's the matter? I've been driving all these years. What's up with you? I've been driving all these years. She, she, She said, listen, I noticed that when you get to a stoplight or coming up to a stoplight, your reflexes are a little slow. And he said, slow? Yes, because... Every time when we're starting to come to stoplights, we don't cruise to the stoplight, we stop. (laughs) Which means that somewhere along the line, either you're not seeing the distance or judging the distance, and he had to get to a point where he would receive her help. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta be in so much pain to receive help with somebody trying to help you. You don't need to go, you don't don't go there. Don't please don't go there. When God is trying to help you, let him help you. It may appear differently than you kind of help you want, but he's there to help you. See, this man was not there to take Joshua down. He was there to help him up. He was there to help him to win a battle. And the first thing that Joshua has to learn. He has to learn how to stop. The first point I want to make here is is that you have to stop. You have to stop. The man is standing in front of him. He has a choice to make. Now perhaps if I thought about it what would I have done if a man stood in front of me and I had a sword and he had a sword? I may not have asked the question. I might have took action and thought about it later. But Thank God that he asked the question, are you forced to, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for you and I'm not for your enemies. I'm sent from the armies of the Lord. And what you need to do is stop. To surrender means to stop. When the authority is after someone who they want to take custody of, the first thing they say, stop in the name of the law. God is just trying in many ways to stop you. You know why it's hard to stop? Because everything in life keeps us going. From emails to meetings to television to children, spouses, jobs, everything on our list is this go at it, go get it, rushing, 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 fast and furious, and so we're getting much more tireder and less productive. Somebody say stop, 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 stop. Stop. Some of you have problems saying stop. In fact, you don't even stop at red lights or stop signs. You don't. You know, when they teach you driver's ed. Did anybody take driver's ed? Yes. Raise your hand, took driver's ed. All right. So some of us took driver's ed. Some of us did. Now when the when the dry, when the driving instructor teaches you how to drive, one of the things they do is they say, look, when you come to a stop sign, come to a what? Complete oh, oh, you know that. <laughs> oh you know you know that. Come to a Now, how many would be honest to say you don't come to a complete stop right now? And the only time you really come to a complete stop is when you have to. Oh, there's a car coming. Let's complete stop. But other than that, you just roll a little bit. And if nothing's coming, you want the momentum just to keep carrying you through. Save the brakes. Save the brakes. That's right. Save the (laughs) brakes. Save the (laughs) brakes. That's what I'm going to tell my wife the next time I run a light. I'm saving my brakes. You got to stop. There is safety in stopping. Perhaps God is just trying in parts of your journey in life to stop you. And while you're upset, you're frustrated, you're rebuking the devil. It's not the devil that's trying to stop you. It's God Himself that says stop. I've had God on many occasions try to say, "Hey, you just just stop." And the reason why you need to stop because there's safety in stopping. Workaholism. I'm a work, You know, my wife said I'm a workaholic, but I had to get delivered from workaholism because. It wasn't helping me. And then the Lord had to teach me about Sabbath rest. And as I started doing Sabbath rest, I started getting physically better, spiritually better, because I learned how to stop. Stopping and waiting. The Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. The strength that comes in waiting on the Lord. For many of you in this room, your battle starts with stopping and waiting. So why is he stopping and waiting? Let's get to the second one. When the Lord says to him, "Uh, you know, I'm I'm not either for you or for your enemies. In verse 14, he says, look, I'm the command of the, the Lord's army, and Joshua Lays flat down on the ground in reverence to God. He lays flat down in reverence to God. Here's what surrender feels like. It feels like worship. True true worship is not only singing, lifting hands, kneeling. But there's a time when, God, I'm laying prostrate before you. Sometimes authorities will make the, the person they're chasing say, you know what, I want you to lay on the ground. Lay, laying on the ground is absolute, complete posture of surrender. There's a place where we need to learn in worship to just lay before God. To lay before God. Uh, to, to recognize that laying before God is a, is a posture of, I am submitted, I'm on the ground, Lord, I, I'm here, I'm here for you. I'm not running anymore because I'm not going to run on my knees. I'm now in a posture where I'm waiting for you. I challenge you every morning get on your knees. Get on your knees. Don't run while you're praying. Nothing wrong with running while we pray because I like to exercise and talk to God, but there is a place where you just need to say, Lord, I'm just. Here for you. I got a witness in the building? Yes, yes. See, the, the, old time, the old time fathers and mothers yes. that train me spiritually say, you know, sometimes you just got to lay on the floor. You lay prostrate before God. On your bed, you lie and you talk to God. I think we lost that in church because we're so quick to run. We're so quick to jump We like excitement, but we don't just want to say, Lord, I just lay before you. Worship is getting down, be prostrate before God and say, God, you're king, you're Lord, you're master. And notice what he says. Lord, what message do you have for me? Worship is about also receiving God's instructions for your life. Instructions that will help you in times of battle, in times of difficulty, in times of need. And being in a place where you're sitting, you're you're lying before God positions you for God to speak because now your heart, your heart is ready to receive instructions from God. I don't know about you. But one thing, one thing that I had to learn when I was talking to my wife, I had to learn not to be preoccupied with a whole lot of stuff while I'm talking to her. <laughs> you, you, know what I'm so, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You're watching TV, and you're saying, yes, honey. Yes. Ooh, that was a good play. What, yeah, what's that? Yes, yes honey. Yeah. <laughs> wow, did you see it? Yes, honey. <laughs> and then after, she'll say, did you hear what I said? And I try to make something up. Let's see if I can get it close. <laughs> because we're, 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 we're easily distracted. At least I am. So I have to pay attention. It's, it's, it's being before God and asking God, God, what is the message that you have for me? That's why worship is so important for you as an individual. He's not worshiping in the congregation. He's worshiping as an individual. And our, and our congregational worship will be such greater if we know how to worship God as individuals. And say, God, I come before you, and I don't know what to do. I don't have it all together, but God, I just know that you have a word for me. Surrender looks like worship. So it looks like worship. Third thing that surrender looks like is it looks like serving the Lord. Um, A surrendered person wants to serve God. One of the the attributes of surrender is serving. He he says, Lord, what what do you have for your servant to do? What, What is it that you want me to do? What is the message? What is the thing that you want me to do? Joshua is prepared to be a servant of the Lord. He says, Lord, what do you want your servant to do? He doesn't say, what do you want the mighty commander to do? He says, what do you want your servant to do? I long for the day where the church would see surrender, not as bondage, but an opportunity to serve. No believer should be in a position where God has to twist your arm to serve Him. Well, you know, Bishop, if you make the church announcement and ask me personally, I think I'll serve. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Well, you know, you got to go around and ask people to personally get involved in the things of God. Really? Not when they're surrendered. Not when you surrendered, because when you surrendered, you want to serve. You want to serve God. You want you want to be a part of what He wants to do. I want to serve. Do you want to serve Him? Do you really want to serve Him? You know, I, you know, not not just serve Him when you get something out of it. Oh yes, Lord, I'm going to serve you because I know I'm going to get a big blessing out of this. No, no. Service service is also part of love. You read, you read Chapman's book on the five love languages. One of mine is acts of service. Isn't that right, honey? Yes, it is. <laughs> One of mine is acts of service. Now, everybody's is not acts of service. Some people, some of you, yours is gifts. Right? Yours is gifts. You, in other words, you're communicated that someone loves you when they give you gifts. So that's why, if your spouse goes away, or a person goes away that you love, you come back and say, What did you bring me? And they need to bring you something. Right? They need to bring you something. I talk to pastors all the time. I say, Well, if your wife is gifts, let's go to the store. So when you get home, you'll be loved. (laughs) Don't go home empty handed. Some of your, your, your language is quality time. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Am I, am I in the building? No, quality time. You can bring me gifts, you can do acts of service, but you got to spend time with me. you got to spend time with me. Everybody has that language. And God's language is service. If you love him, you'll serve him. He says, if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. It feels like service. Tell your neighbor it feels like service. It feels like service. It feels like service. Feels like service. You, you, need a, you need to recognize that surrender is also about service. No church should ever be without servants because we're surrendered. Finally, number four. When it comes to Joshua approaching this place of Jericho, where he's going to have to learn how to work with God in order to get victory, the Lord said to him, the commander of the Lord's army said to him, you worshiped, you asked what the instructions were, you stopped. But here's what you have to do. Take off your sandals, take off your shoes, for where you're standing is holy ground. Take off your shoes, take off your shoes. Have you ever been embarrassed to take off your shoes? (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not going to put you out there, I'm not going to put you out there. Have you ever said, oh my goodness, my corns. Oh my goodness! I didn't get my pedicure. My, my feet don't really look good, and you know all of that. All of that had to go by the wayside. He said, "Take off your shoes." Now, as a military soldier, taking off your shoes is asking a lot. You heard the story: you die with your boots on. Taking off your shoes means that you're not you're, you're in a place of vulnerability. You're you're, you're in a place of being vulnerable when you take off your shoes. In Middle Eastern culture, when they took off their shoes, it was a place of humility. What the Lord is saying to him, he's saying, Joshua, this is the way that you're going to approach Jericho. Not with this this, this, this militant mindset that you had before. But you have to learn how to humble yourself. It's quiet in here. Well, Don't pray God humble me. Never pray that. Because he will be much obliged to do that. He would be, he, he's, he's much obliged. He would rather you and I humble ourselves. Walking in humility is the way to win battles. It's the way to win battles. Humility before God. Humility. Humility is saying, God, this, I, I am now going to be vulnerable, open to you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to try to pull an ego trip on you. This is not about my ego. This win is not about me. Why is it that relationships fail? Because there's no humility. There's no humility. And humility is not just for the female to humble themselves. It's also for men to humble themselves too. Let me read you a few scriptures. James chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. Coming from the New New Living Translation. All right, here we go. He says... Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we get victory? Submission first. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James also says, come near to God. Come near to God. Tell your neighbor, come near to God. Come near to God. you got to draw near. Draw near to God. You draw near to God and he will what? OK, good. Wash your hands, your sinners and purify your hearts. We talked about that. Circumcision. Consecration. You double minded, meaning that Joshua. And you look back at Joshua. Joshua was a very loyal servant. When he asked, are you for me against me? He was saying, I'm loyal. I don't know about you. Let's go to the next verse. Then he says, grieve, mourn, and wail, and change your laughter to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Verse 10, humble yourselves. Can we read that together? Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. If you humble yourself, God will do the lifting. God does the heavy stuff. (laughs) I say he'll do the heavy stuff. If you would lay yourself down before God and humble yourself, God will lift you up. Let's go to another scripture. First Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. Peter says in the same way, you younger, he's talking about relationship now, you younger must accept the authority of the elders. Now, here, Now, here's something for young people. Now, all those of you who are 50 and over and say that you're 25, <laughs> you can accept this, too. He says, accept the authority of the elders. <laughs> we all need elders. Yes. Say, yes, we need elders. We need elders. We need elders. You need people in your life who are older and more experienced than you. Oh, I wish I got an amen up in this house. Stop trying to do it without the elders. Respect the elders. Submit to the elders. And elders just don't mean just folks in the church. People who have known the way. People who have gone the way. Respect the elders. We, today we have no respect for elders. We discard them. We shun them. We put them away. They're no good. They're old fogies. And know what? We end up in so much trouble because we are not honoring our elders. And one day, if you live long enough, you will be an elder. Come on now. I remember the first time my my son told me, Dad, you old. I went, what? What? I wasn't even 50. He called me old. But that's, that's, that's okay. But here's what you need to know. He says, accept the authority of the elders. And the next verse says, and what? All of you. Can you say that? And? All Out of here. Let's say it loud. All of you. All of you dress yourselves in. Humility. All right. It didn't say dress yourself in Gucci? No. <laughs> Louis Vuitton? Yeah. Humility. Versace, nope. Those are wonderful things if you have the money to get it. Fine, but don't forget to dress yourself in humility. Wear your Burberry jacket and wear it nice, but don't forget to put on humility as you relate to who one. Oh, you didn't say. I I lost you. And as you what relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to I don't know about you. I want some grace. I want some grace. The reason I have to walk humbly in respect to everyone, because God opposes pride. And when you don't listen, and when I don't listen, and when I think I know, and when I won't stop, It is about being proud. Are are you okay? Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) But I'm telling you the truth. Because we all have seen, we all have witnessed the falling down because of pride. We all have seen families being wrecked because of pride. We all have seen churches come to naught because of pride. Yes. But God says, that's not the way I do it. The way I do it, I, I oppose the proud. But I give grace to the humble. And see, humble people get grace. Not proud people. Because you know why? Proud people won't ask for any help. And they won't ask for any forgiveness. They won't ask for any grace. Saul... Was a perfect example of a proud man who went awry because he never would submit himself to God. David made so many mistakes. And when you look at David's mistakes and David's sins and David's mess ups, you'll say, How could God choose this guy and tell us he's a man after God's own heart? It's because when he sinned, he said, Oh God, forgive me. Purge me, God. Take not your spirit away from me. Last note Have you heard a Bible scripture that kind of people talk about, or they say it's a Bible scripture? God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> Have you heard that? <laughs> now, you said that, right? God oh yes the word tells us God helps those who help themselves until I read the Bible I used to say that and the Lord had to correct me as I read he said no God helps those who humble themselves (laughs) because a lot of times we can't help ourselves and Joshua's going to learn that when he goes into battle, he has to get surrender straight in order to win. I'm gonna ask you to stay and then I'm done because I wanna pray. I wanna pray. This, this morning, uh, I, I sense that many of us are really in some very serious battles some serious battles, financial battles, physical battles, relational battles. And you can go out there on your own and try to fight it and win it. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The enemy is going to beat you to a pulp. Because when you face Jericho, it's it's shut up tight. Nobody's going to get in, nobody's going to come out. It's an insurmountable odds that are going to be against you. And you're going to get tired. You're going to get weary. You're going to get frustrated. So I want to just tell you right on the spot why go through that when all you have to do is say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. So this morning... Let's take an opportunity to surrender ourselves before him. See it as a stop, as a pause. Say, God, I'm pursuing my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, and all of that. But maybe it's not going well because you're trying to stop me and prepare me for what's in front of me. And so today, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you saying, Pastor, uh, I, I know I need to surrender my, my entire life to God. First of all, maybe you are, just came in and I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what is happening in your life. But I'm going to tell you, if you surrender to God, God will lift you up. God's for you. He's not against you. He's for you. If you're here this morning and you are saved, but maybe there's some things that you really are having a hard time surrendering to. You don't want to surrender to service because you want this work-life balance thing. You don't want to be burnt out for Jesus. But if you serve him, you won't be burnt out for Jesus. You'll be on fire for God. And maybe you need to surrender some things to him today. And if you need to surrender some things to him today, he's talking to you right now. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your talent. It's your treasure. I want you to come to this altar and just say, Lord, I'm going to surrender myself. Surrender this to you because I know I'm not going to win unless I do it. I know I'm not going to win unless I do it. Some of you need to surrender your career to God. You're trying to to send out resumes everywhere you can find it. You're getting more nervous about school. You're getting more nervous about what what the future holds for you. And really, I'm just telling you, save the trouble of frustration in your life and surrender yourself to God. Surrender it to God. Don't try to work it out. Don't try try to faith talk it out. Just surrender yourself to God. Surrender yourself to some of your children, some of your children, they're frustrating you right now. They, they got you on edge. And you need to surrender them to God. You need to surrender them to God. Because your whining, complaining, and, and frustration is not going to turn it around. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We're, we're surrendering. We're surrendering all. We're surrendering all. We're surrendering all. We're surrendering that thing to you, Lord. Lord, we can't keep fighting this because we know we're not going to win without you. We know we're not going to win without you. Thank you, Father. Would you, would you lift your hands? I know some of you are lifting your hands already. But I, I just want you to lift your hands because surrender is not a bad thing surrender is a wonderful opportunity for God to lift you up Father I thank you Lord for these that are lifting up their hands even now Lord I, I thank you Lord that it is it is your design it is your, your purpose your plan to see to it Lord that we have victory in our lives Lord forgive us for fighting our help David said it this way, I, I lifted up my eyes to the hills, so in which cometh my help, my help comes from the Lord, who's the maker of heaven and earth. You're not going to allow our feet to slide. You're not going to allow us, Lord, to even go under. But, Father, I pray that we would learn how to fight through surrender. Lord, some of us need to learn how to surrender to one another. Lord, we are, we are not very good at surrendering to people, Lord, in our lives, Lord, who, who mean well for us. Perhaps it's our parents. Perhaps it's our children. Perhaps, Lord, it is a spouse. Perhaps, Lord, it is a boss. Perhaps, Lord, it is the pastor. Perhaps, Lord, we we just, Lord, have to learn how to surrender ourselves so that we can relate to each other in the spirit of Christ. So, Lord, I tear down pride. I tear down this this, note, this notion that, Lord, that we can do this on our own and that we are, we are all, it's all about us, Lord. But, Lord, I pray that we'll get before you and lay ourselves prostrate and say, Lord, what would you have to say to your servant? Thank you, Lord, for these that are standing, Lord, and I stand with them. I thank you, Lord, because, Lord, surrender is a constant, constant thing in my life that I have to learn, Lord, that it's, it's not about me. I have to learn, Lord, that the blessing that you've given me and the blessing that you do give me, Father, is really not mine or about me. Without you, I can do nothing. So, Lord, I pray that we'll be humble servants before you. You don't have to beat us. You don't have to put our arm behind our backs. But, Father, we're surrendered to you to serve. We praise you for this house. We praise you, Lord, for this ministry. Thank you for each and every household that's represented. Even as we go into our time of our commitment of vows, it is, Lord, important that we even surrender in our relationship with our spouses. I prayed for those that would take, Lord, Father, even vows as singles, that they would surrender themselves to you, Father, as their father. So, Lord, we just bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for receiving. And We're going to have time of worship, and we're going to go right into our time of ceremony. Amen.